Truth and Coffee with Tam. There's no better way to start a day than with truth and a few cups of coffee. Good evening. It's Tuesday and welcome back to Truth and Coffee, the podcast. I am titling this episode Late Night Latte. I'm a little bit late today, but it is still Tuesday, so we are still good to go. How are you? How are you doing? I'm so excited uh, to be in the seventh day of the eighth month. Eight is the number of new beginnings and we know it's the regeneration of a thing. And my God, today, God has been releasing so much newness in my life and we're only in the seventh day. So I am in expectation for even more that God desires to do. And that is my prayer for you. And I know we talked about a few weeks ago why it's so important to stay ready. Why we believe God for things, we pray to God for things to manifest in our lives, but we don't prepare ourselves for the thing that we're believing God for. And one of the things that I have found is that preparation for a thing you're believing God for is an act of faith. That your faith is charged, that your faith is strengthened, that your faith is broadened. When you begin to move in the direction of the things that you're believing God for, I think it's so critically important. And a few weeks ago, the Lord began to deal with me about why I'm so good at praying for other people, but not as good as praying for myself, that I'm the person that people are going to call if they have a prayer request or something's going on with their friends or something's going on with their mama or something's going on with their daddy or things at the job. And I find such value in being someone that people can call to stand in agreement and prayer with. So I am super excited to be able to hold that position in so many people's lives. But God was dealing with me about calling forth what he wants for my own own life, not sitting around waiting for it, but calling it forth. And not that I can't pray for other people, but in that same vein, I need to begin to declare and to decree the things that God wants to establish in my own life. And so the moment he dealt with me about that, I started to shift my prayer life um, in a way that I began to call forth the things that God desired for me to have and the places that God desired for me to be. And my goodness today, did he start rolling those things out? He rolled them out so quickly, I became very overwhelmed by all the favor and all of the blessings and all of the open doors that were coming to me. And I remember last week I was saying to myself, how am I going to manage this all? And for a moment, I had forgotten that the God of all creation stands strong in me, that greater is he that's on the inside of me than he that is in the world, that I serve a God that will never leave me nor forsake me. And that if he had called me to a thing, then he would equip me to do the thing he had called me to. And so I was sitting around kind of just being overwhelmed and kind of being quiet about it, trying to strategize and get my plan together. And I heard the spirit of the Lord say to me, he said, have I ever called you to a thing that I did not walk with you to complete. He said, have I ever called you to a thing that I did not walk with you to complete? And when I heard him say that to me, it was like a weight had lifted off of my shoulders. And I was reminded that God would never leave me, nor would he ever forsake me. And if he called me to it, then he had already prepared the way for me to possess it, to conquer it and to accomplish everything that he had called me to do. And so I felt very comfortable moving forward in the things that he was doing and then this week he just blew my mind and we're only on Tuesday with the doors that he's opening and I'm so grateful and it's really a testament to uh, living a life that is submitted and I think a lot of times we want God we want God to bless us but we are 
unwilling to give up something that the blessing of God requires submission and it requires obedience that if I'm going to get something, I'm going to have to give something. And that's a question I want you to be asking yourself this week. God, I'm believing you for these things, but what am I willing to give up? Am I willing to give up my pride? Am I willing to give up my selfishness? Am I willing to give up my flip mouth? Am I willing to give up my own desires or my own dreams? Anything that would stand in the way of what you desire for me. And when you position yourself that way, submit it to whatever God's desires are for your life and respond in obedience to the things that he calls you to, he will manifest the exceedingly and the abundantly above all that you can ask or think so that whatever the perfect world in your life looks like, or whatever the perfect life looks like in your mind, that God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above that. And so why would you not desire that? Because he's already placed the power on the inside of you, but it requires you to give something. And so this week, um, even though it's only Tuesday, I have been very, very diligent in prayer saying, God, whatever is not like you that is in me, I want you to remove it. Whatever you desire for me, if my desires will conflict what you want to do, I'll give that up, that I will withhold nothing from you, that every part of my life, you have free reign to disrupt, to detach, to decrease whatever it is you desire to do in order for your will to be manifest in my life. I'm willing to give it. up and that is not an easy prayer to pray and I cried my way through that prayer but I want to live a life that is so submitted that I don't miss anything that God has for me that I want to live my life in such a way that everything he's already pre-planned for me I want all of it nothing more nothing less and I know that I can't get to all that he has for me until I posture myself in submission and here's the truth I don't get it right every day every day I stumble every day I trip up every day I do something that may not be righteous or may not be holy but I'm so committed to living the life that God has called me to live that the spirit convicts me immediately when I step out of order and I'm able to pray myself right back into position so that I don't miss what God wants to do. And I want you to be encouraged by that, that it doesn't matter where you are in your life. It doesn't matter what you've done in your life or how much you're messing up in your life. There's grace for that. There's mercy for that. Um, But don't, don't live premeditated. Don't live in a way that you're premeditating your sin, (laughs) that you're thinking about it before you're doing it. We're going to trip up. We're going to be caught up. We're going to slip and fall from time to time when things catch us off guard. But don't plan to not submit. Don't plan to be disobedient. Don't plan to live um, subject to your flesh, but plan to allow the spirit of God to do the work on the inside of you so that you can be everything that he's created you to be. Um, And it is my sincere prayer that what God is doing doing in my life will be released into the lives of every person that is listening to me, that you will receive insurmountable favor, that the blessing of God will flow in your life in response to your submission to his will and your decision to be obedient to whatever he calls you to do in this season. I believe that God wants to do something extraordinary in this month and he's calling us to a place of consecration. He's calling us to a place of um, being free of distraction. And I want to talk a little bit today about the importance of our eye gates and our ear gates. We don't realize how much we take in and how what we take in dictates what we think or how we feel or how we view certain things. It really shapes and shifts our perspective. 
And if you're taking in everything that's cultural, everything that's in the world, and you're not combating that by taking in the scripture, um, taking in, you know, your prayer life, taking in praise and worship, then you're going to always find yourself um, in a very dangerous place. Because if you're led by what you take in and not led by the spirit of God, because what you're taking in is louder than what the spirit is doing because you're not feeding it, then you're going to find yourself being taken off a path that God never desired for you to go. And it's really important if you want to get what God desires for you to have to be on the path that he's laid before you. And so I want to encourage you this week to minimize any additional distractions. I want to encourage you to fast this week and pray. I want to encourage you to spend more time in your word or start spending some time in your word. If you haven't, you got to learn how to make it a discipline. And when you become disciplined in reading, disciplined in prayer, disciplined in praise, disciplined in worship, that's when the glory of God becomes manifest. And when the glory of God becomes manifest, then answers are revealed. Wisdom is given. You'll get glimpses into the future things that God has already prepared for you. It is an incredible time of intimacy with the Father. And I want to encourage everybody to make a decision this week to say, God, I want to submit my time to you, that I want to make time to be with you. I want to make time to grow in my relationship with you because that's going to be so vitally important for the days ahead. And speaking of the days ahead, I want everyone to know that in order to get to the promise, you're going to have to fight for it. That in order to get to the promise, you're going to have to fight for it. Nothing that God has established for us are we going to have access to without a fight. And if you are not secure in who you are, if you're not secure in who he is, and if you have not armed yourself with his word, then you are going to tuck your tail and run. And that's almost what happened to me this past week. I became so overwhelmed by the blessing that I said, God, I cannot manage all of this. And God said to me, you don't have to. Because I never intended for you to do that. Greater is he that's on the inside of me than he that is in the world. But one of the passages of scripture that really began to resonate in my heart as I was accepting the fact that God never calls me to a thing that he hasn't equipped me to do was Joshua chapter one. Now, many of us who are familiar with scripture know that Joshua was the successor of Moses, that Moses had led the people as far as he was going to lead them because they were not going to make it into the place of promise. And Joshua was selected. He was anointed and appointed to lead the new generation of Israelites into the promised land. And I don't know about you, but if you've ever had a mentor, there is something very significant and powerful about a mentorship relationship. And that meant when your mentor who has poured into your life, who you have watched and have modeled yourself after you have been imparted into when that person dies there is a sense of loss that you can feel that can impact your ability to move forward when they have made such a significant contribution to your life and this was the case of Joshua Joshua was getting ready to lead hundreds of thousands of people into a place that God had promised them though they had not yet seen and there were people who were occupying what God had already said was theirs so they knew going in they were going to have to fight and so in Joshua chapter 1 the Lord 
gives the charge to Joshua. And I'm going to read chapter one, verse one, all the way down to verse nine. And it says, after the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. He said, Moses, my servant is dead. God established that right up front. He said, therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I am giving you. Now, this is very significant because Joshua was leading the people into something that was already theirs. They weren't going to take something from someone. They were going to get what belonged to them, that the people that were occupying what was there needed to vacate the premises so that they could take their rightful place. Very, very important. Verse three says, I promise you what I promised Moses, wherever you set foot, you will be on land I have given you from the Negev wilderness into the south, in the south to the, to the Lebanon mountains in the north, from the Euphrates river in the east to the Mediterranean sea in the west, including all the land of the Hittites. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. My goodness today, what a powerful word that God was releasing into Joshua. He was letting him know, number one, I've already established the provision for you. Your promise is awaiting you. And that is true for us today, that before a day ever passed in the earth, every day of your life was already written in God's book. And he has libraries in heaven that has your story completely written out. And because the Bible says that he knew the end before the beginning, that means he had already set the provision and the promise ahead of you. But there will be things that you would need to encounter in order to get there. Now, what is also important to notate was that there was a season of preparation that Joshua had already endured under the leadership of Moses, that God wasn't just giving him the land before he was ready. He had been prepped, promised imparted into and he had been nurtured into this leadership position that gave him the skills that he needed the capacity to lead these people to possess what God had given them and then he let him know that no one will be able to stand against him as long as he lived. That means whatever fight I'm getting ready to have to have, there will be no not one to stand against me. And why won't they be able to stand against me? Because God said, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. And what he was reminding Joshua of was all of the things he had already seen God do through Moses, parting the Red Sea, bringing all of the plagues on the people of Egypt, leading them through the wilderness, establishing the covenant, establishing the tab, the whole situation. He experienced what God had done with Moses. So God was re, uh, solidifying for him that exactly what you saw me do for Moses, I'm going to do with you. And then he went on to say, I will not fail you or abandon you. He solidified it right there for Joshua. And then he goes on in verse six to tell Joshua, he says, be strong and courageous for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors. I would give them. And then in verse seven, he says again, be strong and very courageous. 
Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything that you do. Study the book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And what I found to be so encouraging about this is when I was getting ready to prepare to go possess the land that God has already promised me, the land that Jesus secured for me on Calvary. And when he got back up three days later, I had to be reminded that it didn't matter what it looked like in the flesh. I had to be strong and courageous. Why? Because the Lord was with me. Now, what the, one of the things that God did for Joshua is he established for him everything he needed to do to be successful. And I believe that this model is appropriate for all of us who are ready to go and possess the things that God has already declared to be ours. They are waiting in the winds for you. And this season is preparation time so that you can grab your footing so that you can be fortified because you're going to have to fight to get there. But what did God tell Joshua? Number one, we have to be very strong and we have to be courageous. Why can I be strong? Because it says in the book of second Corinthians chapter 12, it says that in my weakness, his strength is made perfect. How can I be strong in my weakness? What does my weakness do? My weakness identifies me as one who is dependent on the spirit of God. That when I'm weak, I'm vulnerable and I recognize that I don't have it within myself. Only when I'm weak, am I really strong? So being strong and courageous is saying, accepting the fact that I'm weak and pulling on the strength of, of the spirit of God that lives on the inside of me. Number two. He said, be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. If we are going to be successful in our fight, if we are going to possess the promises of God, we've got to be obedient. And we can't just obey the instructions that are comfortable for us. We've got to obey all of the instructions. Everything that's been articulated, everything that Christ said in scripture that he expects for us to do, living righteously, uh, being the cities on the hilltops that cannot be hidden, being the salt in the earth, being merciful, being kind, hunger, um, having a hunger and thirst for justice, um, being um, humble, that humility piece, all of those different things that God calls us to, that is an expectation. And then to obey his instructions, whatever God tells me to do, my response has got to be yes. Obedience is my obligation. I have to be obligated to obey him. Then he said, do not deviate from the instructions. That means if God says, go straight down the street, when you get to the stop sign, make a quick left, go down two blocks and make a quick right. You cannot try to get on your phone and GPS the fastest route. Because guess what, honey? Siri don't have those kinds of instructions to your future. She just doesn't have it. And we have got to... Um, get out of this microwave culture sense that everything's going to happen overnight. Nothing happens overnight. And anything that you get fast, you're going to lose even faster. We've got to understand that it takes time. And there's a reason why God gives 
instructions the way that he gives them. There's a reason why God um, allows divine delays and divine detours on our, on our road to destiny. There is a purpose for it. That's why he said, do not deviate from my instructions. If you want to be successful, if you want to have all the things that God says are yours, you're going to have to remain obedient and not deviate uh, from those things. It says, when you learn to be strong and courageous, when you follow the instructions, when you when you uh, make a decision to not deviate from them, it says, then you will be successful in everything. So the, the success in everything is a byproduct of your willingness to obey. And then he goes on to say, study this book of instruction continually. We got to stay in our word. We have to stay in our word. We have to stay in our word. And I know some people believe that reading the Bible is boring, but that is a lie. There is so much drama in the Bible. It is so much drama. People sleeping with everybody's brothers, cousins, sisters, cousins. I mean, you think the Real Housewives of L.A. or Atlanta or whatever else we're watching this ratchet TV. The Bible has some ratchery steeped in in the bible that's why we need jesus so everything that we're saying now nothing's new under the sun honey this stuff started um in the beginning um once the fallen man came people just lost their minds but when we study the book of instruction we know what to do a lot of us are walking around trying to figure out what should i be doing what should i be doing how should i be doing this where should i be doing that we're so confused <laughs> and we don't serve a god of confusion okay so how do i know what i'm supposed to do i got to study the instructions he's given me the bible is a living breathing word that when i read scripture i can read the same scripture a thousand times and the spirit of god will breathe a fresh revelation on i'm saying wow i've read this 150 times and i never saw that why because we serve a god that is so infinite his word is so infinite. It is infallible. It is never changing. But God has a way of showing us more of who he is when we spend time studying his word, showing us more of who we are when we're studying his word, giving us more understanding and wisdom concerning the things he wants us to do. We've got to study the book of of, of Revelation, study the book of, of his word, study the book of instruction continually. We've got to do it and then not just study it. We got to meditate on it. And when do we meditate? He said day and night. When I'm when I'm meditating on it, I'm always thinking about it. I'm praying it through. I'm resting in it. I'm allowing it to nourish my soul. I'm a, I'm allowing it to um, transform my thinking. I'm allowing it to shift my perspective. And the more that I have in me, the more that I'm meditating on it, the more time I'm spending in it, the better I become. And the better I become, the more trustworthy I become. And the more that God can trust me, the more that he can trust me with. And he goes on to say that only then will we prosper and succeed in all that we do when we are strong and courageous because we serve the great I am. We serve Yahweh. We serve El Elyon. We serve Jehovah El Jimula. We serve the God of all creation, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We know we can stand strong because there is nothing greater than he is. And then we're going to follow every instruction that we're given. We're not going to deviate from them. We're going to study the book of instruction. We're going to meditate it on it day and night to make sure that we are fortified with what we need, that we are clear in what we hear, that we may move in the direction of our future. So my encouragement for you, wherever you are, is to just become resolved to keep him first. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 33, no, 
Matthew doesn't have 33 chapters. <laughs> Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. It says, seek ye first the kingdom of heaven. Live righteously and then everything else will be added unto you. That the model for getting the everything being added to us is to seek him first. And when I seek him first, seek him above all else, study the book of instruction, know his word, be willing to submit to his process, be willing to submit to his instructions, then I'm going to, it's going to produce a righteousness in me. And when I have the righteousness of Christ in me because of my decision to seek him and his kingdom first, then everything else I need will be added. And so my question for you today is to begin to search yourself about where you are in your process to becoming all that Christ has already said that you are. And what are you willing to give up in order to get the promises that have already been laid up for you? God does not establish new provision. The provision has already been established. So I'm not asking him for something he has not already given me, but I've got to be in position obeying his instructions that he may lead me to the place that he has declared it to be, that the provision is waiting on me. I need instructions on how to get there. And so I want you to be encouraged this week to just seek him. He wants relationship with you. He wants to talk with you. He wants to share his heart with you. He wants to love on you. He wants to release his peace to you. He wants his joy to be your strength. He wants you to rely on him because his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And so I just want to pray that this week will be the week that you set aside some time, remove your distractions and seek him. That's it. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we love you and we thank you for being the God who loves us. We thank you, Father God, that we are never alone because you are always with us. We thank you that you are the God that will never fail and you are the God that will never abandon us. We ask right now, oh God, that you would help us to lay aside every distraction, lay aside every weight. That will keep us, Father God, from pursuing you the way we need to. We pray right now, Father God, that you would open up the eyes of our understanding as we intentionally set time to immerse ourselves in your word. Allow it to come alive in us, O oh God. Breathe on it, Father God. Help us to extract fresh revelation, Father God, that will give us something to meditate on, Father God, day in and day out. We thank you, Father God, for loving us enough to not leave us how you found us, but to prepare us, Father God, and to shift us and to reform us and to mold us, Father God, into we've, who we've always been. We speak to every potential and every person that is listening, Father God. We command it to be released into the earth for such a time as this. And we thank you, Father God, that in this month, the month of new beginnings, the month of regeneration, that you are going to do the new thing, Father God, that we've been praying for, the new thing that we've been believing you for, oh God, that this month, Father God, that our faith is going to be broadened and we're going to see you do incredible 
exploits on our behalf, oh God, and we receive everything you're doing in this hour. We repent, Father God, for everything we have said or done or thought that dishonored you and displeased you. And we thank you, Father God, for your faithfulness and being a just God to forgive us and allow us to begin again. We receive it today, Father God, and we make a conscious decision to not do tomorrow what we did today, but we choose you above all things, Father God, and what you want to do in our lives. And we're in great expectation, Father God, for the miracles, the signs, and the wonders that will be released in response to our obedience. We declare it to be so in Jesus' name. Amen. This week, I just want you to meditate on Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, and spend some time reading through Joshua. Um, because whatever you're going to get to, you're going to have to fight through. And so I want you to be encouraged that even when it looks too big for you or seems insurmountable, know that you serve the God who cannot fail. And because he cannot fail, neither can you. My goodness today. Do something this week that your future self will thank you for. I will check you next Tuesday in the morning. (laughs) Have a great week. Mm